This is the Hoosier Ag Today Friday podcast on the 29th of December 2023. Hello, I'm Andy Eubank, and coming up today, C.J. Miller and Sabrina Halverson on the news, including a new Indiana innovation for a corn plant to alert you to fungus and irrigation systems alerting you to trouble. This podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, experience banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. FFBT.com for more and stop by your local branch to talk about your ag operation today. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin here too with clouds but not much precip. And yesterday corn and beans sold off. We'll have Carl Setzer market analysis on the Who's Your Ag Today Friday podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, culture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. Making agriculture your life's work comes with challenges that can leave you feeling alone. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. And when you're a member of ACI, you have agribusiness advocates in your corner, similar agribusiness members to network with, and opportunities for continued education. If your business serves Indiana agriculture, we need your perspective and hope you'll become a member of ACI. Visit inagribiz.org. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. An Indiana-based company developing new colorful technology to fight corn disease and spotlighting the latest technology for irrigation. I'm C.J. Miller and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Well, wouldn't it be easier if corn crops and other plants could just tell you if they're fighting a fungal infection or facing other stresses? Well, there's a company based right here in Indiana that's developing some exciting new technology that does just that. From my perspective, I said, hey, we got to be able to listen from the plant's perspective. We got to give them the tools to tell us what they need. And that's Kyle Moeller, the founder and CEO of Insignum AgTech, which is based in Hamilton County. His company has developed a way that the corn plant will turn purple to let you know there may be early signs of fungal pressure. It fits very well into this concept around precision agriculture and around trying to use different pieces of tools to detect uh, crop disease. I mean, it's a really tough problem to solve. Moeller says this new way of watching for fungi can work even before the plant begins showing symptoms. And it's really simple and straightforward to tell. Right? It's not an expensive camera that you got to buy. It's not an algorithm that makes predictions. It's real and true, and you can see it with your own eyes because your plants are telling you um, they're turning color to signal that early infection. Back in November, the USDA gave the green light to run trials on those corn plants developed by Insignum AgTech. Whether that's in, in test plots or in breeding uh, stations, those kinds of things. And so we're, we're really happy that, that the USDA saw that our technology is safe and, and just like a normal breeding process. Moeller says his company has been working with Bex hybrids this year to test out these new corn traits. He also says he plans to expand this new technology into other crops like soybeans and canola. And the company will also develop additional plant traits that use other natural pigments like red or blue 
to give an early indication of other yield-limiting factors, such as insect pests or fertility loss. Ultimately, Moeller says he wants to give producers another way of staying ahead of damaging diseases. When I started to talk to farmers really early about this concept, they said, look, my, my question is not which disease I have, it's do I need to spray or not? We designed this technology so that it reacts to every single fungal disease and specifically only the fungal diseases. Read more about this colorful new technology from Insignum Ag Tech at HoosierAgToday.com and on the new Hoosier Ag Today mobile app, a free download for iPhone and Android. Well, speaking of new technology, Sabrina Halverson reports now on the latest technology for irrigation. If you are looking to save time and money in the new year, look to your irrigation system. Director of Ag Technology Sales for Lindsay, Tanner Oliphant says advancements in the field net irrigation system can save growers both. If the pivot gets stuck in the middle of the night, they're going to get a text message where before you know, they may be driving around spending a bunch of time and man hours and diesel fuel, uh, driving around checking irrigation machines where having monitor control and field net on those machines allows them to, you know, quickly get on their phone in the amount of time it make a pot of coffee in the morning. They can quickly get a quick snap overview of all their irrigation machines and the status of those and and then go about their day. He calls it a unique remote monitoring solution. Under the field net, new UI user interface that's coming out. I mean, it's a really sophisticated dashboard that really allows growers to have tools at their fingertips to really take control of precision irrigation management. And you know, water is one of the biggest yield limiting factors that's out there. So being able to remotely be able to change the speed of the machine, get an irrigation recommendation through field net advisor, adjust their in guns, it's all really compact in a nice, very user-friendly single sign-in platform. And it goes hand-in-hand with FieldNet Advisor. What we're doing is using AI and a lot of information in our system in the back end, but really making it very simple for the grower to simply put in their crop type that they're planting. We can actually use artificial intelligence to look at the emergent state, and it really looks at a at-field level view of where the soil moisture status would be for that field. So it takes account for rainfall or as applied irrigation data and takes it in that account and allows the, it to provide a recommendation to the grower. You can learn more at lindsay.com. I'm Sabrina Halverson. Thank you, Sabrina. And on behalf of all of us here at Hoosier Ag Today, we wish you a very happy new year and wish you all the best for a joyful and prosperous 2024. I'm C.J. Miller, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Radio Network. Let's face it. Operating a farm isn't going to get any less expensive this year. That's why an operating loan from Farm Credit Bid America is built to give you more cash back and more flexibility in how you are able to manage your funds. Learn more at fcma.com operating and get an operating loan that pays you back. Loan subject to credit approval. Additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Bid America is an equal opportunity lender. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. Your Friday looking pretty cloudy overall, but unlike yesterday where we had some moisture trying to rotate through, even into last night, some moisture, the lingering action after dark was sloppy in a wet snowflake form. Uh, still, none of that of a concern here today. Clouds are going to be rotating through pretty much all day long, so a gray finish to the week. 
but shouldn't see a lot of extra precipitation. Tomorrow, better sunshine potential for your Saturday. Don't get used to it because clouds are back on Sunday. A reinforcing shot of cold Canadian air diving southeastward. I need to be clear because there are some folks out there that are really hyping up, hyping up cold air and others that are saying it's not going to be that cold. Look, it's colder than what we saw Christmas through the first half of this week. Is it well below normal? No, we don't have any bitter cold air coming. But to be clear, for your Sunday, we are going to be chilly New Year's Eve. And the cool air incursion is also going to bring a chance for some scattered precipitation. I think most of it's going to be sloppy wet snowflake action, but I won't rule out some rain shower and drizzle activity either. A few hundreds to a tenth or two is the only liquid equivalent totals that we can come up with. So it's not a big deal. More clouds than anything else on New Year's Eve. But if you're planning to be out reveling overnight, you may need to bundle up and, and take an umbrella or a jacket of some kind that is moisture repellent. Anyway, as we get into New Year's Day, the core of this cool air comes in. I do think we see clouds giving way to sunshine. And then for next Tuesday, temperatures go right back to moderation. We're looking at a mild day Tuesday, pretty mild day Wednesday as well. And then another round of cold air tries to come out of the Canadian prairies. Once again, we're talking about colder air but not brutally cold and we stay chilly through the afternoon of Wednesday afternoon and Wednesday night through Thursday and through Friday may see a bit of lake enhanced precipitation in there at times but generally speaking we're seeing this up and down all next week with no frontal boundary no real good solid round of precipitation I think we're dry all the way through the 6th and the 7th. Now, the 7th Sunday, we do see a fairly significant frontal complex starting to build out in the western United States. We'll be watching to see whether this is able to cross the Rockies and hold together. If it does, and it's able to tap into a moisture source off the Gulf, I think we're looking at some precipitation there the week of the 8th, but that's something to kind of work toward right now and not pencil in stone just yet. A lot of things have to go right. I will say there is a significant area of low pressure and heavy rain down at the Texas Gulf Coast, Louisiana Gulf Coast on the 7th. Right now, that's not looking like it wants to move north at all. But if our frontal boundary comes racing in, is able to tap into some of that residual moisture, that also would provide a nice little source for moisture up in our neck of the woods. We'll see. That's the way things are stacking up. Have a great New Year's weekend. Be safe. I'm Ryan Martin. Mixed ag markets, but mostly lower on Thursday. This is the Hoosier Ag Today Thursday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank and settlements coming up from a day in which we only saw a higher close in wheat. First market analysis. I grabbed that at the end of trade from Carl Setzer with Consus Ag Consulting. Carl, we end the day with mixed markets. And yet again, the soybean market started one direction, reversed course after either meal or oil every day this week did the same. And it seemed as though beans, at least in part, took a cue from soybean oil higher in the day to start and then a turnaround probably some other factors though too like south american weather yeah we're, we're watching these south american weather outlooks and and they have turned notably wetter um you know and then of course the 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 question now is as well is it going to be you know uh, number one will it be enough precipitation to really make a big difference to soil moisture levels but trade also said you know this morning and said okay we want to see more verification that the rains will show up and the updated forecasts were in much more agreement that yes it will turn a little bit wetter that that combined with about the same time you you know soy oil and and meal started to turn south 
And then we look over at the crude complex, crude oil down over $2 a barrel here uh, today. That really, you know, soybeans have really started to track what's taking place in crude as we see more and more correlation between the two with, uh, you know, the renewable uh, diesel fuel uh, taking place, the production and expansion. So all of that combined and it did, it pressured the soy complex. Corn also fell back. Um, corn really struggling with a lack of fresh news and export demand has slipped considerably lower on corn. Wheat managed to hold a little bit higher today following overnight. We had a Panama flag vessel uh, heading through the Black Sea to the Danube River to load, hit a, a errant mine that was floating, two crew members hurt. Some thoughts that maybe that we could see some shippers reconsider moving through that port. At the same time, uh, the big shipper Maersk said that they will open up the Red Sea for full navigation. So while well, we see a little bit of a concern build in one segment uh, on the uh, uh, you know shipping concerns we've had, another one seemed to improve a little bit, but still was enough to keep wheat working to the plus side today. And volume, I assume, continues thin, especially during this week between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, very, very thin trade on the Chicago border trade, fully expected. Um, you know, we look at the front month contracts, a mere 76,000 corn contracts on the March traded today. Uh, March soybeans, as we see some positioning there, very light, 77,000 contracts. And March wheat in Chicago, uh, a almost ridiculously low 26,000 contracts traded today. Those numbers, you know, it's easy to push the market back and forth when you have low volume. Um, that's why why wheat is able to post these six, seven, eight cent gains on very limited fresh news. The same reason why we see 12, you know, 10, 12 cent losses in soybeans. Um, the, the fewer buyers you have, it just doesn't take much selling pressure and you end up deep in the red. Speaking of holidays, New Year's Day is Monday, so no markets. Back open on Tuesday, the 2nd. Do you expect back to full throttle then? I really don't. I think we see, uh, especially next week, we, we, we you know, four days, um, a lot of regrouping. Uh, a lot of traders will take the second off because of the, you know, the first being on Monday. So we'll have, you know, uh, again, very low volume, probably a little bit better than this week. Um, but the thing is, we have the next WASD report coming out on the 12th of January. Uh, to see relatively low volume and choppy trade continue until we get those numbers out would not surprise me a bit. On Friday morning, a day delayed because of Christmas, we'll get the export sales report. Do you have any lofty expectations there as far as some market moving numbers? You know, given given the fact that we were in the holiday season, I think numbers will, you know, I don't see any big shocks coming at us. I wouldn't be too surprised to see another good uh, number on wheat. We've had some, some good sales on wheat, but uh, we've seen uh, several sessions here in a row. Uh, today marks the ninth session without a flash sale on soybeans. So 
the the question is is was there enough small you know term routine sales uh without these these flash sales taking place it definitely appears as though we could see some lower numbers come out in that sales data. Carl Setzer is with Consus Ag Consulting. His number, 989-506-1587. Settlements now as we look at the Thursday trading day down in corn and beans. March corn, 474 and a quarter, two and a quarter off. May dips two cents down to 486 and a half. January beans, 11 and a half lower, 1305 and a quarter. And March, 1312 a loss of eight and a half cents a gain of eight and a half cents on march and may wheat march 631 and a half may 642 and a quarter meats mostly lower february live cattle 168.92 down 35 cents and down a dollar 42 on the feb lean hogs 68.45 i'm andy eubank with the thursday review this is who's your ag today timely relevant credible